This episode is brought to you by Dr. Squatch. When your personal care routine needs a refresh, Dr. Squatch is here to help. They have high-performing natural products with no harmful ingredients that'll have you looking and smelling your best. Like the Bay Rum Soap and Deodorant. It smells delightfully spicy. And right now, they have an amazing offer for new customers. Get 20% off your first purchase of any amount or a subscription order by going to drsquatch.com slash Spotify or use the code Spotify at checkout. Hello and welcome to episode 71 of What Most People Think and here, here we are my friends, we're back in the, uh, I'm back in the What Most People Think broadcast bunker, full lockdown. I mean look, I hate, I hate being stripped of my civil liberties, you know, and I know that there are strong reasons in terms of the rise in infections and hospitalisations, but pff, I don't know why... One thing I will say this, one thing I will say is this, is that, you know, if there was a month to, to not be allowed to be sociable, January, I wasn't, I wasn't mobbed out. Let's put it that way. I, I might have had to cancel as many as one social engagement, but I do, you know, I feel for my, I've had a life, do you know what I mean? I'm 44 now. I can, you know, I can, if this is a whole year of this bullshit, I, I can probably take it personally, just about, but I feel for my son, man, not being able to go back to school, so we was up the park on Tuesday, and there was a group of other mums there with their kids, and I was trying to sort of like put it over like we can make this a regular thing, but that is a very hard thing to do and not sound a bit creepy, you know, when you've got loads of mums there, and I'm going, you know what, ladies, um, you know, this was, a, this was a happy little coincidence, wasn't it, you know, maybe if uh, we made it a regular thing, there'd be something in it for all of us, is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I'll see you next time then. Next, yeah, okay. Uh, well, look, I mean, they had to rush off some, maybe. But yeah, I mean, it's tough, isn't it? It's tough with primary schools being shut down. I, I, I don't hold it against the government for taking extra time over that and realising that there was an extra importance at primary school age. I do sort of hold it over the government uh, for dropping that shit on everybody at the last minute. I think there is a line between kind of like ideals and just straight up pragmatism and just needing a, a, a little heads up. So what can we do? We can't do anything, can we? Whether you're kind of strong anti-lockdown, pro-lockdown, anti-vaxxer, pro-vaxxer, there's literally nothing that we can do to affect this either way, right? So all we can do is we've got to be really British about this. You've got to just get your head down, just crack on with it. Do you know what I mean? This is this is our December 1940, you know what I mean? And and and, and thankfully, we're not facing the Luftwaffe. You know, most of for most of us, instead of our houses being bombed to shit, the, the main risk for most people is a loss of uh, a loss of taste. Which, let's be honest, over Christmas didn't really matter anyway because I was mainly in beige food. Um, patrons, patrons. Now, so we're in we're in a slight hiatus here. What we do with the cuss count? Um, I said I'm going to stop doing the cuss counts. A lot of people said, you know, the point to be made. It was getting a bit tired. Some people did push back on that. So the debate at the moment is two things. One is I'm going to hold a poll with the patrons. Okay, this is yet another benefit of being a patron. But I also need other things that we can track. I think it's important to track curves. We're all in that world now where we need a next slide, please. Right? We all need a graph. So what could it be? You know, David Price, who's a patron, said they could be cricket analogies. You know, it could be the amount of times I do a uh, really bad carry-on style uh, innuendo. You know, I always try and get what. <laughs> Always try and get one of those in. Eh? Um, while we're talking about patrons, um, they do seem to randomly 
cancel people's accounts when they do their pay run. So a lot of people I saw were returning patrons. So thank you so much for checking that and then going and reactivating your account or whatever it is you have to do. But if you were a patron, it is worth, if you can be asked, right, just checking to still see if they've got you on their system because there's going to be some great stuff um, coming up because what, what are you in lockdown Jeff are you going to have more time yeah it may be slightly to do with that but we're certainly going to get at least one patron only podcast out this month probably two uh, we do have new patrons but this is my point here we've got Chris Covain here long term listeners will remember Chris Covain for sounding like a sort of like more soulful Kurt Cobain or I don't know maybe it was like a folk singer Chris Covain Chris Covain singing the songs of the man on the hill what was that, Jeff? Was that a folk song? I don't know. We've got Jim Godman. I would remember Jim Godman's name. Jim Godman. Jim Godman. Godman. Jim Godman sounds like a an IT... Oh, hang on. These names, I'm looking ahead now. Jim Godman, Ed Judd, Mike Cope. These are the... A lot, a lot of single syllables there, which I always think is very masculine for a bloke like Dan Snow. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I don't fuck up. Syllables are for women and children. Uh, Chris Covain, Jim Godman, Ed Judd and Mike Coe. You know what these guys sound like? They sound like an alternative version of The Expendables, don't they? Jim Godman, Ed Judd and Mike Coe featuring Mike Coe. He'd be the featuring guy, wouldn't he? So we're going to be talking in this week's episode about the new national lockdown and the political ramifications of that. Uh, we're going to be go, dialing back a little bit. We're going to talk about Sadiq and his fireworks <laughs> on New Year's Eve. Maybe you're a firework, virtue signaling across, across, across the sky because you don't have any po- policies. None of that rhymes, but you know the point I'm making. Uh, and then we're going to look at a particularly insane bit of wokery from the US. But before we crack on with all of that, uh, a quick thank you and a fuck you. This is one thing that's definitely going to stay. Uh, I want to I want to thank you, Keir Starmer, for letting me know that zoos were still open because old Keir, bless him, he couldn't actually bring himself this time to explicitly call for a national... Well, not explicitly, do you know what I mean? He's going, Boris, you can't fucking give us a new national lockdown right up our ass. I mean, just openly call for a new national lockdown. Uh, and he couldn't also bring himself to call for a primary school's to be shut. So what he did was he brought up the fact that zoos were still open. <laughs> and everyone just fell about laughing. Because it really wasn't a hot button issue for anybody. Zoos. Like, dude, do you ever like <laughs> zoos? It's almost like you know when someone's like running a, a like a, a charity thing for a weird charity and everyone goes, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, zoos. But you know, you know when you see someone go on like Celebrity Mastermind and they go, and, and which uh, charity are you playing for tonight? Yes, I'm, I'm playing for the charity of uh, retired billionaires. What, what the fuck? No one gives a fuck about retired billionaires. And so it was that the left and right had a good laugh at Sakir's expense. And the irony was, I wasn't even aware that zoos were still open. So that night, thank you to Sakir. I, I checked Woburn Safari drive through before the lockdowners get on me. It was a drive through. The windows were up. Yes, the monkeys were knocking about in groups of more than six. And it's true that uh, lions were seen without the correct PPE. But uh, we had a great time. I'm really glad we did it now because straight afterwards, my my son thinks I'm a fucking wizard now. I never said to him, we're doing this because the country's going to lock down because I didn't know. But next day, it's lockdown. And he now, well, he certainly thinks I've got more foresight than Keir Starmer. But I wonder now if Keir... Maybe he, he's sort of saying he's proved, been proved right. You know what I mean? He's like, uh, yeah, called it, didn't I? 
<laughs> Annalise Dodds and whoever it is. Who, who else is on the Labour front bench? Jonathan Ashworth? He's got an absolute bunch of no marks there. I know, I'm not saying I want to return to the days of McDonald, Abba, Thornbury and Corbyn, the power four. But it would be good if like, you know, I do think that Keir Starmer is a strong suit for the party, but they've got to bring through somebody behind him. Hey, eh? <laughs> There's one for the carry on laughing cuss count. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe he's sitting there in his meetings going, Phew. I was bang on about those zoos, weren't I? Hey, Annalise, Annalise, tell him. When I, when I, when I write, I said about the zoos, didn't I? Next thing, Boris closes zoos. Yeah, and he closed the rest of the country, Kip. But zoos. Uh, a quick fuck you for Ofcom. Um, we saw in the mail the other day that uh, they've, they've included more uh, things that you can't joke about. But it was interesting to notice. I was looking at all the characteristics and they seem to have inadvertently made gammon, right? You know what gammon means is a bloke. Well, anyway, let me explain it via this. Is that the you couldn't like offend people or certainly you should avoid, you tr- try to avoid offending people on the grounds of gender, sex, age, right? Political beliefs, genetic features. I'm thinking that's gammon, isn't it? Genetic features, red face, right? Age, sex, ma- male, right? Race as well, white. But the truth of the matter is, is that I am a bit of a gammon. I'm a trainee gammon. I'm a diet gammon. <laughs> I'm building it up, building up the anger about being angry about all the things that I should be angry about. I'll tell you this, just before we crack on with the main show, is that um, on New Year's Day, the missus was out and about with the kids, so I was like, right, I'm going to have a massive curry and I'm going to watch Darkest Hour. <laughs> and I was sitting there in the dark with the Christmas lights, I'm just eating a curry. And I cried. I cried at Winston Churchill's we will fight them on the beaches speech. You know, because I guess it felt like this is, this. as I said earlier in the podcast, this is our time. You know what I mean? This is our time. Yeah, it's slightly less risky. You know what I mean? I mean, if you gave me an option in in terms of, uh, you know, being on the landing grounds in uh, on D-Day and, and or facing in, you know, December 1940 uh, being bombed, I, I'd probably take, <laughs> on balance, I'm just saying, I would probably take having to sit in my house and complete Netflix. Okay, just a little additional note here. I had put the podcast to bed, and then the Americans decided to uh, seize the White House. Um, So I will be including a short section on that uh, just after the bit on lockdown. Okay, so the new lockdown. Now, I've been sceptical about lockdowns, whether or not they work in the long run, and also specifically their legacy economically. What are we passing on to our kids here? But, you know, there is a point where you have to just look at the numbers. And it has been alarming, isn't it? We've seen the spike. And I know some people talk about the flaws in uh, the kind of tests that we're using and whether or not people are in hospital with COVID or because of COVID. And I think all that stuff is legitimate. But even once you crunch all that down... Uh, you know, this is there's been a massive spike across the board. And I think that one thing I do think is people on both sides of the debate, even government critics, uh, you know, and kind of like anti-lockdowners have been slow to absorb what highly transmissible new variant does to the debate. Right. It does have an impact. On the one hand, it does mean that lockdowns are probably more likely. And on the other hand, it also means that just criticising the government day in, day out, you might have to change the tone of it a little bit because we are dealing with something, you know, that's new here. And I mean, this is, look, I bring it down to like personal stuff. In the beginning of COVID, I didn't know many people to have it. Now I know quite a lot more people have had it. 
in the beginning of COVID, the people that I knew that had it were people that were out all the time and basically fucking flagrantly flouting every single wall, uh, rule and fucking licking strangers in tube stations, right? Now, even uh, there's a mate of mine who's got it who's an absolute social hermit. I mean, he's literally like Ben Kenobi uh, when Luke's... Uh, there you go. There's another thing we could track. <laughs> random Star Wars. Random Star Wars reference. Um, so yeah, just on a, on a parochial level, I can see that there is a difference here. And, and the, the new fact probably needs to affect the debate a bit. I mean, you know what it is though, is that when you've had two sides going at an argument for a while, it's a bit like a domestic that's been going for an hour. And then you sort of realise that a new fact is actually highly inconvenient to both of you, isn't it? It's like if one of you's, like if the bins weren't put out and then you're kind of arguing about like whose job it was to put the bins out. And then, and then after an hour, you go outside and you realise actually the bin men didn't come today. Every No one's bins got taken. And so actually it's going to be fine. It's not about bins anymore. <laughs> But at least with the vaccinations, we were out of the blocks quickly. You know what I mean? And then we've got a British vaccination that we've approved. We're rolling out. It does seem that some people can't acknowledge the positives now. They're so in the mold of smashing the government day in, day out. That like, <laughs> if you say like, you know, the, the British AstraZeneca, yeah, and your AstraZeneca is actually a Latin word. <laughs> They're like the same people that can't celebrate St George's Day because of the 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 fact that St George, you know, apparently was from Turkey or Westeros or whatever. Um, yeah, but we've rolled it out. You know, we have at this point vaccinated one, given first doses to one point three million people, which is nearly a quarter of the over eighties. But look, I sort of share maybe their cynicism in a way. It's worth pointing out, by the way, the Dutch have only just started their vaccination program. Only just started it. You know, we often beat ourselves up about how we doing on... You know, when we're at the standing at the uh, urinals of the, <laughs> of the global pandemic response, we're often, you know, glancing anxiously at the sort of uh, pandemic handling schlongs of the countries around us. Well, it turns out that we might have the wood. <laughs> I didn't realise I did this many innuendos. Maybe this is a good thing to track for a while. Um... Oh, yeah, the Dutch the Dutch are a bit slow out of the block. So there you go, eh? Hey, you fucking vaccine wankers with your windmills, eh? Good with your windmills. Less so with the vaccines, maybe. However, it's probably not good to boast, is it? Because I do worry that this will be like the 1,500 metres at school. You know what I mean? I was always at the 1,500 metres. I was always amazed that I could come out so fast and lead early on. Every year, bam. And then, you know, by the middle, I was thinking about giving up and it eventually finished third last. So Boris had to do his address, and when was it? Was it Monday night? Yeah, it was Monday night, 8pm. He was on time. Fucking hell. I think was, uh, that ruined some good sweepstakes around the country, didn't it? How you, what have you got? Five past ten, eight, five past eight, ten past eight. Oh, that's a big shout. Barry's gone 21 minutes past eight. He was there straight away. And I have to say, I've said this before, he's done a lot wrong during this pandemic. He's done a lot more wrong than right. A lot more. However, he's pretty good straight down the camera, isn't he? I don't know what it is. And maybe that's damning him with faint praise. You know, we're, what I'm essentially saying is, when Boris Johnson is just reading words that might have been written for him by someone else, he just has to say them into a camera and no one asks any questions. When he's had a lot of time to think about his metaphors, he's actually all right. Hey, you know, take the win, Boris. <laughs> take the win. And I was thinking to myself, oh, this is you know, quite a somber time. Maybe he's finally promised to, uh, you know, he's finally learned to under-promise and over-deliver. But then suddenly he's off on one about vaccines, isn't he? He's going to go, we're going to vaccinate the over-70s. We're going to vaccinate teachers. It almost went a bit Churchill. We're going to vaccinate in the beaches, in the landing grounds, in the car park at Audi. We're going to vaccinate fucking statues and woodland animals. <laughs> 
The problem with this, I think the problem with this lockdown compared to the last one is, is last one came at the end of January, February, March, right? Which is actually quite a tough bit of the year to get through. When the lockdown came, certainly in the first phase of it, a lot of people were cautiously, quietly going... I, this didn't really apply to me, but I certainly was more exhausted than I realised, and there was an element of getting your battery recharged. The problem is, is after Christmas, the battery's fucking recharged. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a really strange feeling. It was a really strange feeling to kind of like be there on New Year's Day, be going, oh, well, it'll be nice to get back to normal tomorrow. And by normal, I mean sitting on the couch, watching telly, getting fat, because uh, I haven't done enough of that over Christmas. Yeah, we're not exhausted anymore. We're fucking bored. I, I did think for a while maybe the government should have just lobbed in an extra Christmas <laughs> at the end of January. Just gone like, call it with Christmas Reload. Yes, January the 31st. It's just been announced by the government that we're going to do another Christmas. So, yeah, start getting those presents in. Could do another Christmas. Maybe that's what I should have done to my son to freak him out because he actually wanted to go back to school to boff in. I've said to him, I don't want to hear language like that again in his house, frankly. But um, I, mate, we should have just woke him up on the on the on the day. So he's due to go back on the Tuesday, right? And we should have just said to him, "Merry Christmas," and then just like cobbled together some of the presents and just just like claimed to him that he'd done a Bobby Ewing and actually <laughs> the bit that he thought was Christmas to New Year actually was a dream. And um, yeah, because he, he's a bit guided about not going to school, you know. Which is, I, I think, maybe that reflects on his experience of being at home before with me and the missus. You know, by the time some people get back to work, right? A lot of people, if we go back to work, uh, you know, say it's March, April now, right? There's a lot of people who have been furloughed for a year. That's going to be that's gonna be quite an adjustment, isn't it? People having to go back to work. You're totally not match fit at that point. I reckon it'll be like, I reckon it'll be like, you know, like when you, when you kids start school, the parents arrive, sometimes the schools in normal years would let them hang around for a while for half an hour just so they can get their confidence back. I think... I think that this is going to happen to office workers. I reckon it'll be like take your partner, you'll be dropped off by your by your husband or wife, and they'll just they'll just hang around, you know, in the car park. Just I'm just going to stick around, just see if he's all right. He has been a bit up and down actually. He bought his comfort blanket, and by a comfort blanket, I mean the duvet that he's lived in since, since March of last year. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I mean, what, one thing I worry is what what latitude have we got to do more if things get worse, right? So we have got this second variant, yeah. We got the South African variant, all right? Yes, the South African variant is just a bit more in your face. Um, what about COVID twenty? I hope COVID twenty isn't in pre-production. I hope if COVID twenty <laughs> is in, it's like one of those films that they just keep knocking back and going. Uh, we have decided as a studio that it's not appropriate to bring out COVID twenty at this point. You know, one of the points of this podcast is about trying to ascertain what most people think about the big news stories, right? And t- I don't know if Twitter is. A great gauge of it because there's so many people there that have openly said, you know, I hate the Tories, I despise Boris, and I abhor Brexit, right? So when they commentate or respond to things like this, I think that you know it's hard to take them seriously. You know, the latest lockdown has been, you know, provoked provoked another kind of wave of the government are fucking incompetent, Boris is an arsehole, and there's and I think that a lot of people in the country will share that view at this point. But I do think, you know, when I speak to people out and about at a correct distance, lockdowners, all right, you fascists, stand back, call off the dogs, don't report me, um, is, the, is that you just think, right, what can we do? What can we do? There's nothing we can do. Let's just get our heads down. Let's just get on with it, right? Let's do what, Let's do what Winston Churchill would have done. Take one day at a time and bit by bit, we will fight back the enemy. 
So I think what most people think is that there have been massive problems with the way the government have handled this. Boris Johnson has done a lot more wrong than right. However, the second variant does change the game a bit. So ultimately, we just got to get our heads down and crack the fuck on with it. Okay, so yeah, as I said in the intro, I'd done the podcast. I was very good. I was very studious. I'd done it on Wednesday afternoon and then Wednesday evening... America goes fucking mental. Look, you know, as regarding the the Trump protester riots, I look, it's it's very easy, isn't it? I'm such a centrist dad these days. I think that we should generally not riot and uh, not reject democratic votes. I know, I know, crazy, right? Where, when did I lose my edge, man? When did I become such a square? Um, so yeah, whether whether that is uh, Trump protesters, uh, Black Lives Matter protesters, whether that's Remainers or Trump voters who feel the election was stole for them, maybe just stop throwing fucking massive tantrums. And it, it did make me think that, uh, you know, maybe the uh, Remainers on reflection didn't want it enough. You know, when you look at the big protests for Remain, first up they had the Wooferendum march. I mean, <laughs> that seems well fucking tame by comparison, doesn't it? Going back to that march of about eight and a half thousand people that took their Bijan Frise out for a little walk to protest against Britain leaving the EU. And then, of course, we had the, you know, the uh, the huge revoke uh, marches where there was a million people. We didn't kick off once. So I, I just think, well, you, you you weren't that you weren't that serious about it. At least one of you must have uh, should have knocked a copper's helmet off or something. You know, they didn't even piss on the cenotaph. That's the standard default thing. Deface the cenotaph. They didn't even do that. And all they did was at the end, they said, well, you better you better revoke. And everyone went, no, what are you going to do about it? They said, well, I'll tell you what we can do about it. We're going to hit you with a ruddy great petition. <laughs> I was watching it unfold and I was thinking, man, they must have been... I must have been in two, in lockdown too long because I was sort of thinking, what are, what tier are they in? Are they in tier two? I think they must be in tier two, babe. You know what I mean? The way they're, they're congregating in that manner. And uh, look, some of those people haven't even had forehead checks, for God's sake. So yeah, they, they were saying the US Capitol building is in lockdown. Although I think, you know, with standard lockdown rules, I think they could still exercise or go food shopping. <laughs> it's just mad. Sorry, I'm rattling through this a bit, but I just wanted to share some thoughts with you as, as this has happened. I, I saw in the stats that there were people arrested uh, for having a pistol without a license. How American is that? It's not just having a pistol. It's, it's the license thing. Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. Just before you enter the uh, presidential, the Oval Office, the seat of American power, can I just check... You got a license for that machine gun? And, you know, people think that it's made them. So many people on both Brexit and Remain side think, oh, well, this proves my point. It proves my point about Trump. It proves my point about Remain. It proves my point about Trump supporters. I think, look, one thing you've got to still remember is that what, 71 million people voted for Trump. This was a few thousand nutters. Yes, maybe the nutter core of the Trump vote is is high, but it's not... It's not like the majority, not even close to being the majority. There is a committed core uh, of nutters. And the problem is, if you then use this as a jumping off point to kind of, uh, to, to just dunk on, you know, Rust Belt, white, right-wing Americans, it's just going to make the situation worse. Do you know what I mean? I think that there's, there's a chance that this could be like a one-off kind of bloodletting where these people get it out of their system. But if, if what they see is yet another sneering reaction to a certain kind of person... Uh, in America, then I think that that could be counterproductive in the long run. I think, you know, you shouldn't take entertainment from these things. I do think there were a couple of photos coming out of it that were funny. There was one, I don't know if you saw it, of the guy that was basically making off with the lectern. 
<laughs> I mean, that he's, he's had a day out, isn't he? What a souvenir that is. Exactly. You go, uh, when you go around his house, what's that there, Dave? Well, it was actually a funny story about that. Uh, sit down, I'll tell you. And then there was this, there was the one where quite a few of them were wearing um, kind of like uh, like animal skins and, and Viking horns and stuff. And the brilliant Scottish comedian Fred McCauley, I can't claim this, this is his joke. He said that it looked like a trailer for Night at the Museum 4. You know, <laughs> you know when you've got the, pre- the sort of uh, Neanderthal man sort of thing. And, uh, well, fuck me. Uh, look, I, I think that there is a tendency to get overexcited in, in sort of the liberal media whenever something like this happens. My hunch is, is that this is like a one-off display of discontent at the point where the election results were formally sealed. And I think that for most people, they'll get on with their lives. And I, I think, you know, when it comes to our reaction in this country, I think, you know, most sane people would go with this. Respect votes. Don't smash shit up. Just a quick hype there. As I was saying earlier regarding the Patreon. Oh, no, I'm going to say hello to new £5 patrons. We had a few of these. We had Daniel Ashley, Linda Sadler, James Hawthorne and Mark Johnson. I like the name James Hawthorne. It sounds like one of those guys that always does the rounds on the uh, period dramas. <laughs> you know, it does always uh, the costume where the guy's just always simmering with sexual intent and just always doing it with his eyes. I reckon, I reckon James Hawthorne, I, I don't know much about you, mate. But I reckon you're like a kind of uh, a young a young Colin Colin Firth there. Colin Firth. I mean, Colin Firth has he not made a whole acting career just out of looking like he like he hasn't had sex for like <laughs> like he's got blue balls. He's had it for about a decade. Just look, like, I am posh, but I would still like to fuck something. I would really would. Um, Linda Sadler as well. Linda Sadler kind of sounds like one of those seventies female singers, you know, like Janis Joplin and Joan Armour trading. And one thing I did think the other day about Karen Carpenter, that's just such a fucking mundane name, isn't it? Got to rest her soul, obviously, but she is such a mundane, she just sounds like the head of payroll, doesn't she? Yeah, you'll have to speak to Karen Carpenter about that, I'm afraid. Um, Patreon. So, yeah, look, there are people that Patreon has bumped out for whatever reason. Do check the account uh, and join up. There'll be articles this month. There'll be polls. There'll be questions for special new guests, if I can confirm them. And there will be Patreon-only episode, uh, which I think I just mentioned. Uh, The book, now, I can say now, it is coming out this year. Where Did I Go Right? How the Left Lost Me. It's written, it's been done for a while, just done the last checks to make sure there are no typos and all that sort of stuff. And that is available for pre-order now from either Amazon, if you want to just keep building up Jeff Bezos. Oh, by the way. Did you see about the uh, the vaccine rollout? As, as I'm recording this, there was a bit of a rumpus today, saying that uh, you know they, they weren't able to deliver them on Sundays. And I thought this is that's a really hard shout with a public that were able to get like same day delivery on fucking toasters. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, we not just drop them off in drones? <laughs> I mean, like, did no one foresee that in a global pandemic, seven day deliveries might be like an issue? I would I would have loved it. I would have loved it if it turned out that the reason was health and safety. Yeah, we can't have our drivers working seven days a week. It's health and safety. Yeah, you know what else is health and safety? A fucking pandemic. Um, so, yeah, do get that ordered uh, through Amazon or Waterstones. That's I'm very excited and a bit terrified about that book coming out because it is the first book I've written. But, you know, reading it back and going over it, uh, it made me laugh. And I've got a great sense of humour. And I think Jeff Norcott is really funny, which I think is... Uh, and you can... That is in no way... An unbiased opinion, you know what I mean? That's like, uh, that's about as unbiased as Owen Jones going on Politics Live. So 
we're just going to track back a little bit here to New Year's Eve. It's New Year's Eve, right? We've had a tough year, haven't we, Brian? We had a very tough year. It's time for just a bit of positivity. What's that? They're still doing the fireworks in London. Great. Do you know, the great thing about fireworks is that they're not political at all. It's just a bit of a laugh, you know what I mean? It's just a purely visual... St- oh, right. Okay. There it is. NHS. Okay. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Climate change. Thank you very much, Sadiq Khan. Thank you very... I think you might have missed the point of what New Year's Eve should be about. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if you've ever been to a New Year's Eve party, Sadiq Khan, but there's not many people just standing out. You know, when when midnight is coming into view and you're waiting, right, everyone's crowded around the table. Oh, 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 someone turns the music off. All the drunk people don't really know why the fucking music's turned off. You always get somebody... You always get some arsewipe going, oh, turn the music on. No, 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 it's, it's the bongs. We've got to do the bongs, all right? If Sadiq Khan was there, or the equivalent of Sadiq Khan, you would eject him from the party, right? If if in the run-up to New Year's Eve, to midnight, when you're trying to just get the negativity of the previous year out of the way and look forward positively, if they, someone started being political about stuff, if someone started being political about stuff, you say, get out, get out. I mean, does this man, right, if you're a Sadiq Khan fan, now don't get me wrong, which, which is normally a way of prefacing, you know, that I'm probably going to be quite get wrongable. But Sadiq Khan, when he was voted in, I, you know, look, I was, there was a part of me thought, well, that is a progressive thing. You know, he's a Muslim person. He's a Muslim. You know, Zach Goldsmith had fought a, quite a negative campaign in that London mayoral race. We'd had Brexit. I thought, you know what, it gives the Libs something to be happy about. We've got our first Muslim mayor. Fair enough. I hope he does a great job. Other than his stances, you know, i.e. cancelling or banning adverts about being beach body ready, which it turns out in a pandemic, we might have done, we might, we should have been way more beach body ready, right? Uh, because of the effects of obesity, um, you know, or, or his attacks on Trump or, you know, him pixelating images of bacon, butter and jam on adverts just in case kids get any funny ideas about having a nice breakfast. What has he done, Right. What has he done? What has he done? You know, on knife crime. What has he done? Because he's had four years now, hasn't he? Yeah, he's had four years. What has he done to make London better? I, I'm struggling to find any information. If you know, email me at whatmostpeoplethinkuk at gmail.com, right? Because this guy on New Year's Eve, he comes, he's talking about climate change. I mean, like, forget you know, Black Lives Matter and the NHS, which were obviously big issues in the year, right? If, if you're into... If you're into kind of, you know, dealing with politics on, on, on one of the biggest party nights of the year. You can at least make a topical argument for both of those. Climate change, on the other hand, that's got to be like one of the most like depressing things. You know, the general mood music around climate change is already too far gone. There's nothing we can really re- do about it. That's got to be the most negative thing to mention on New Year's Eve. If you, if you was a, a party and that guy was standing next year. Honestly, again, yeah, well, the thing is, you know, I mean, people say that uh, next year will be a better year, but actually we're probably just getting closer uh, to sort of choking on our own carbon emissions. Anyway, Happy New Year. Oh, thank you very much, Sadiq. We often talk about the losing numbers in the Brexit vote. There were plenty of people that didn't vote for Sadiq. There were plenty of people in London, just on a pure numbers basis, who did vote for Brexit, right? And there he is, you know, bum chums with <laughs> Are we allowed to say that anymore? Fuck it, it's my podcast. Bum chums with the EU, you know, loving the NHS. I mean, let's just talk about the NHS. I do not understand. I'm gonna sorry, just a warning here. I'm gonna go on a mild NHS rant. Is that I don't get the way that it's become such a brand, right? The thing that should be 
the thing that we cherish is the principle of healthcare that is free at the point of treatment, right? Not the NHS. The NHS is the thing that currently provides that. It's a bit like it's a bit like eulogising after. It's a bit like giving Google credit for all of the internet content that exists. Oh my Google, just come up with something. No, they're not. They're a fucking search engine, right? We there is a problem, right? There is a problem with us just feeling like the NHS have done us a massive solid every time we get treatment. You know, everyone always seems to be like really psyched. I got ill and the, the NHS, they found time to treat me. That's what they're fucking supposed to do. This is what is the most incredible thing about this health service of ours. Is that the last year has made it seem like they're, they're some sort of band of plucky volunteers. They've all got salaries. They've all got a salary scale. They've all got pensions. Some of them are, aren't paid enough. Some of them are arguably paid too much. It just does my fucking head in that we're now in a place where we cannot get, we cannot have a grown-up debate about what the NHS, what the NHS is, even even though, even though that this pandemic has highlighted some of the problems with it. I think the NHS has become like, you know, in, in American politics, where if they just want a guaranteed positive response for something, they just mention the troops. You know, I just got to say, um, just uh, I will come to your question about having my dick sucked in the Oval Office. Can, can we just hear it for the troops? <laughs> can we just hear it for the troops right now? That has become... What we do in British politics is the NHS. Just pull out the NHS. Could I just say that the NHS is the best health service? Yeah, Boris, how many kids you got? I'm just, hang on, the, the NHS, protect it, save lives, stay at home, NH, NHS. Sadiq Khan, Boris Johnson, this is the irony about Sadiq Khan. He's, he's, he's this gesture politician. He would, he would love to think that he's not, that he's different from Boris Johnson and Donald Trump. But he's exactly the fucking same, you know? Like, do you remember when the NHS Nightingale hospitals would be rolled out? He was just out there. The moment he realised it was a successful concept, as it was then, how quickly things changed, he was out there. Oh, yeah, yeah, the NH, yeah, the Nightingale hospitals. I was there. Uh, yeah, I built, I built, you seen that brick there? It says, uh, if you look closely, it says uh, Sadiq was here. Yeah, I helped build the night. <laughs> he was all over it. And then when they got dismantled without having seen, like, basically a single fucking patient, you, he was nowhere to be seen. This guy's a chancer, mate. This guy's a chancer. Now, you know, the Tory candidate, Sean Bailey, um, He's got, he's got his own issues, right? He's very socially conservative. Uh, he has done actual work in the community and fighting knife crime. I'd like to find out more about him. But, but yeah, I mean, like, Sadiq Khan, he's the guy. He's the guy. I reckon if you was at a kid's birthday, right, that what he did on New Year's Eve was the equivalent of being at a kid's birthday. And they go, okay, here's your cake. The candles are all lit. Make a wish. And he just leans in and goes, uh, maybe you should uh, wish for the end of uh, female genetic mutilation. Oh, cheers, Sadiq. Thank you very fucking much. Okay, just a quick bit of woke bollocks from uh, stateside. I don't know if you saw this, but a Democratic convention, one of the, I think it was a, was it a pastor? Correct me if I'm wrong, but ended a prayer by saying, amen and a women. <laughs> and you know, First of all, before we get into the complexities of whether or not that even makes sense, that is the most David Brent thing to do, isn't it? This is the thing that makes me laugh about a lot of these people that are being woke or right on or politically correct is that you can just imagine sort of David Brent saying that and then just having a little look, the camera looking around, anybody catch that? Or, or like when a bloke just says, uh, God, yeah, I wonder what she would do about it. And then looks around, you see, you see I just I just called God a she. So, uh, I mean, like, for, it, it turns out that, that amen as a word is nothing to do with men as, as a sex or gender. It's, I think it's something something Hebrew, right? T tell me, tell me, what is it? What most people think UK at gmail.com. There's always a bloke on the internet that's willing to set you straight or fact check you on something. 
So let me know where that comes from. But um, but yeah, it's nothing to do with the word man. And and also, are women. So it's not amen, is it? It's are men and are women. I mean, are women just sounds like something a sexist at a golf club would say anyway. Oh, women. Oh, women. Uh, it's, it's fucking virtue signaling, isn't it? It's virtue signaling. Signaling. I can't say a word. <laughs> That's how fucking alien it is to me. But we were told recently, weren't we, that virtue signaling... I really can't say this. Virtue signaling is uh, is just made up by the all right. It's not really all there are, right? It's just good people, okay? Just good people doing good things. Well, tell me what the fuck that is, right? Tell me what word I can describe for somebody who ends a prayer by needlessly adding women to something that's not even to do with sex or gender anyway. What is that? Because as, as I've said before, the word sanctimonious is basically the same as virtue signaling. And it's been around since the 12th century. So, hey, maybe in the 12th century they had alt-right Nazi thugs online as well. Being liberal, the idea that over time we should all become more understanding and accepting of, of each other. I think almost everybody is on side with that. And then you get this kind of shit, which I often think most liberal people think is bollocks too, right? I just imagine this guy is in a meeting and there's probably a woman there that he fancies, right? And he's just thinking, oh, fuck, she's all right. what can I say to... Uh, I, uh, God, I don't think we should actually say just amen. Oh, oh, is that right, Gavin? Yeah, um, just look, call me, hey, call me wild and uh, call me a bit out there. But I think we should say our oh, women as well. Little David Brent face looking around the room. And everyone goes, um, yeah, because liberals are terrified to even question any <laughs> any aspects or any kind of woke initiatives. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, should we put that to a quick show of hands? They're desperately hoping someone's going to have the fucking balls or the ovaries, right, or the ovaries to, <laughs> to question this. But no, no, everyone keeps their hand down. Oh, for fuck's sake, this clip's going to go viral. Oh, dear. Once again, the left wing of politics is going to be associated with, with utter nonsense like this. I mean, this is the point. It's like actual social progression good thing virtue signaling pointless right achieves the opposite effect i watched a christmas film with my son called noel now it's quite a fun film uh, but the essential principle of it is ultimately that santa could eventually be a woman right and i was left in a in a tricky spot because he said to me because well, could santa be a woman and i'm like um well son i mean the, the main thing to say is santa is still in the job okay and i think that we need to respect that he has dependents Okay, like a lot of white men that are being cancelled from their roles here. Let's forget that he has outgoings before we start get talking crazy talk about replacing him with anybody. And uh, look, there are a lot of jobs, son, that could be done by women. So, you know, look, uh, you know, it's a lot better that they're often not. Let's put it that way. I mean, this is you've got to say that, that there's no reason that, that job couldn't be done by a woman, like being a being a refuse collector. But they're usually not. <laughs> you still have to say it, though. You know, you say uh, firefighter. You know, it's usually man. I mean, it's almost always man. But you've got to say that there's no reason why a woman wouldn't do that job. But you but you don't mention the fact that they almost always don't do that job. Mechanics, no reason why a woman wouldn't work, but they, they usually fucking don't. And look, let's just look at this. In this film, Anna Kendrick, okay, she is very small and very skinny. So I, I, that's not very santery to me. Maybe call me toxic for thinking that Santa should be a big fat guy in his mid-60s. And admittedly, there is something slightly out of order about the idea that those are usually the men that do least to make Christmas actually happen. Right, ladies? My first feminist point here. They don't fucking go out and make sure the veg is all in, do they? They don't get the decoration. But suddenly, this fucking fat white guy, he's going around dishing out gifts to everyone. It's not really how it works in reality. 
But the point is, Andrew, Anna Kendrick, she's skinny as fuck. How's she going to carry the sacks? How's she? Well, on, on the other hand, on the other hand, she could, she might find it easier getting down chimneys. Look, son, the point is, Santa is a man, okay? <laughs> so I'm now having to overlay mythology with a level of certainty that isn't, you know, even necessary. In, anyway, I don't want to ruin the Santa myth for anybody. But yeah, son, uh, Santa is a man. He's a big, fat white man. Now, if there are new myths that emerge, there's absolutely no reason that that myth shouldn't be black, female. But as things stand, okay, can we just be left with the idea that this mythical figure that doesn't exist is actually definitely a bloke? And if we are going to change Santa to a female figure, then I'm going to stop calling ships she, okay? Because in my experience, women are the most unlikely to be okay about being in very cold water. A couple of letters this week. The first up is from... Oh, it's just one letter, actually. Uh, this is from Ian Giblet, which just sounds like the most fucking made-up name in history. Uh, now, he's kind of coming back at me, and this is what I want. I want to debate about the shit that I say. People often say, oh, what most people think, what you think you know, what everybody thinks. no. Obviously not. I'm throwing out ideas there. I'm hoping that I'm in line with the majority. But if I'm wrong about something, then tell me. And Ian Giblet, he, I was saying, I was talking about personal responsibility and your diet and obesity. And he, he basically is saying that he thinks that the, the way that food has evolved and the way that food processing has evolved, it's now a different ball game. And personal responsibility uh, isn't as much. Uh, you can't really quote it because the, the odds are stacked against the average person. I would say, look... You still have choice. You still have choice, don't you? Look, if if, if you just want to get fat, right, whether or not, you know what I mean, there's buy one, get one freeze, or whether or not fucking McDonald's are asking you if you want to go large, there are choices. You could just sit and eat sugar. Do you know what I mean? There's always something in the house that you could get fat with, right? I had a mate, actually, weirdly, sort of sidebar. I had a mate that got fat eating grapes. He got fat... <laughs> Fat Steve, he got fat eating grapes. I, mean, he, I don't think he only ate grapes, right? But he, he basically, someone said to him, look, to be healthy, you need to eat more fruit. And he was like, all right, fair enough. But he wanted to eat all the time. So he just had grapes on him all the time. And uh, fat grape, fat grape Steve, he just ate so many grapes. And obviously grapes have got sugar in them. What a weird thing to look down at your gut and just go, that's it. Yeah. All, all paid for that with grapes. Yeah, I mean, at least it's a beer belly. There is something about noble about the beer belly. Are we, are we starting to lose the beer belly? I know dad bod. People talk about dad bods. I think dad bods are a consequence of men not being as physically active and doing as much work in the... Sh- Do you know what I mean? They're not, they're not like a masculine shape. Whereas the beer belly, you could have a guy that was very muscular but still have a beer belly. You know? Fucking the solid as well. Do you remember the solid nature? My, my old man, he just looked like he was pregnant. Like he was pregnant with some sort of fucking metal baby. <laughs> so yeah, I, I get your point, Ian Giblet. Um, I, <laughs> but I just I, I can't. I'm sorry, but I know personal responsibility. Maybe it's like too much of a religion to me. Maybe it's not as simple as I have to make out. But I just I just can't believe that that if someone puts something in front of you and you make the decision to have it, right? The information we all know. Come on, man. I remember those plates. Do you remember back in primary school back in the day, and you used to have the, the plate that was divided on how much you should have of each bit. And it was always half fruit or veg, right? Half carbohydrates, which we all know is bollocks. 
Right, in the real world, we're all having two-thirds of our place plate is going to be calves. <laughs> I mean, I called bollocks on that straight away. I was five years old. I was like, fuck that. Right? And then the other half of the plate uh, is some kind of protein. I remember that back in like the early 80s. So we've known for a while. We know that large milkshakes are not going to be good for us, all right? So my issue is, it's almost like the same as if you ban fixed odds gambling. If your impulse is to kind of basically <laughs> spend your kid's college fund, right? Or if your impulse is just to eat until you feel as full as possible. I suspect that you can put in all the laws that you want, but people are going to still find a way of... I've done it myself. When I'm being a fat bastard and there's nothing else to eat in the house... I just stood there eating fucking Cocoa Pops straight out. <laughs> this is one of those sad moments where to try and, and win an argument and prove a point, Jeff actually created a very sad image of himself. Yeah, yeah, you know what, mate? Here's the clincher, and you'll feel stupid now. I have stood there in my pants eating Cocoa Pops. Now look stupid. Okay, that shock revelation uh, does bring us to the end of the show. We have three pound patrons we've got a shout out here. We've got Daniel Holt. I think that's a new patron. Margita Taylor. Is that racist? But what, what? I always think it's great if you've got a, a name that has both an exotic and a British name. Like Margita Taylor. That'd almost be like calling yourself um, Lorenzo Smith. You know what I mean? Um, we've got Sean Masterston. Is that really Sean Masterston? Sean, look, I don't want to like judge your family here, but that additional S after Master, Masterton, that sounds great. Masterton, you're fucking Downton Abbey. You're winning. Masterston, you're just being annoying, your family there, Sean. Please change that. Uh, Carrie Benbo, that's a cool name. Carrie Benbo, you just sound like some sort of artist. Yeah, this is the new work of art uh, from Carrie Benbo. Basically, what she's... Basically, she's just drunk Domestos for a week and, and she's taken photos of the colour of her piss and used that colour to paint her own shit. Uh, I, Jan Janet Sutton. Now, I'm pretty sure Janet Sutton is a returning patron, which underlines the point that I made earlier about check your accounts. Neil Dodsworth. Again, Dodsey. I can almost I can remember saying, hey, Dodsey! Neil Dodsworth! Neil Dodsworth back there! Dodsey! Dodsey's always the one that when he shows up on the session, I reckon... That's when it begins. You know, Dodsey's always five minutes late. Anyway, he's like Boris Johnson doing a fucking press conference. Hey, Dodsey! Get the shots in. Of course, we won't be getting the shots in with Zoom party now. I'm, I'm dealing fine with the isolation, by the way. And Ben Cooper. Solid name, that. Ben Cooper. I think I've known about four people called Ben. In fact, are you Ben Cooper now? Is this, is this what it's got to? I've got former schoolmates that are going, has there been some sort of whip round on, on Friends Reunited? Friends Reunited, <laughs> Does, I think that actually literally doesn't exist anymore. Friends Reunited. Fucking hell, 44 now. Listen, don't tell anybody in the comedy writing industry that I just made a Friends Reunited reference because you talk about being right-wing or being conservative. If you want to be cancelled in comedy, the one thing that'll get it done quicker than anything is having shit references. Lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. Lockdown.